Welcome back to Beloved Unveiled. This is Cynthia Borslino, where we are learning to listen more to the Father and to allow Him to unveil Himself to us for who He really is as we seek His heart for ourselves and for our families and for uh, the world. So anyway, um, I wanted to let you know that today I have a my husband back. Uh, he was here in the second podcast and now he's here again and we are going to share some things about our marriage and we actually will be celebrating 40 years this year. So we are so in awe that 40 years. Wow. Wow, I was right. Yeah. Oof. Hey, hun, and it's like that we made it in to the 40 years. There there's been so many trying times and things that we've been through that I thought we'd kind of share people ask how did we I remember Dan. I think the other day you had a conversation with someone who asked you, "What, what do you, what's the uh, formula for having a long, you know, marriage?" And do you remember what you told him? Oh, well, I don't remember that question, but I can certainly answer it yeah. right now. Go ahead. Um, yeah. I guess first of all, I would say there's no um, secret formula. I know we've been to several wedding receptions. A lot of times, the bride and the groom will seek out the oldest married couple in the room and ask them what's their secret to a long marriage and i've heard a lot of uh, varied answers some of them are uh, full of wisdom and some of them are kind of just i don't know like almost smart alecky type of answers a little goofy yeah kind of goofy or funny mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. lighten lighten the uh, atmosphere a little bit uh for me or for us i would say one of the elements of why we've continued to be in a covenant relationship and married after uh, many years is a willingness to be, I guess, maybe flexible would be one of the things that I would describe. Mm -hmm. I know that in some ways, I think a marriage is a bit like uh, a roller coaster ride. There's some exhilarating ups and some terrifying downs. You have to work at your marriage if you believe that if you want it to succeed. It it does, at least for me, and I'm not speaking for for Cindy. I'm just speaking for myself. It doesn't necessarily come naturally. Uh, It doesn't necessarily come easy. It has to be an intentional effort on my part uh, in order to sustain what I would hope for is that it continues to grow over the years. I think that's my answer right now. Right now. <laughs> it's different <laughs> from what you said before, but but I mean it's pretty much um and and we've had our trials and we we almost didn't make it in our 11th year, right? Um well, that's probably true. We probably almost didn't make it in our 13th year or our 15th year or our 17th year. There was a, there was a lot of times we almost didn't <laughs> well, make it. Well, something just happened recently too, right? No. Well, yeah, that would be in our 39th year. So, um it's not like I said. It's kind of like a roller coaster ride, and it's not always predictable, and it certainly uh, does not become repetitive or uh, boring. So, it's a yeah, great, it's a definitely an adventure, right? Yeah, and it's unpredictable too. And and I and I I you know for for our relationship, I would say that we without Christ we would not be here. I agree with that a hundred and ten percent. Yes, there's no yeah. way. Because of the way that walking, I, I think the difference when you have a relationship with Jesus, you have to deny yourself. And part of it is laying down yourself. And when you're willing to do that, and when things come up, situations happen, when, when there's struggles and 
when you're believing lies about the other person or when there's an attack or when they're treating you wrongly and you don't know what to do about it, God, you know, when you look to the Lord, which is what we've learned to do, correct? Mm-hmm. You know, is that we, we look to Him to solve that problem or solve the situation. But we're both willing participants, right? Yes, but certainly uh, there are times when I'm not willing or I'm not able at that point in time to lay down my sort of uh, position or my thought about whatever, um, you know, whatever it is that we're having a conversation about. And so sometimes I have to kind of let it stew and maybe uh, come back to it later that day or Mm -hmm. maybe the next day or in some cases maybe a week Mm -hmm. or maybe even longer than a week. Yeah, I had shared before about something that happened where... Remember when I was driving the car? I think one of the, you know, as you grow and learn and when we're in the Word and we're, we belong to a part of a community of believers who challenge you and where you're teachable and growing and learning how to become a better human being, even that, especially how you treat one another and how things that you might, you know, Dan, like you would say things to me that might trigger me because of my past stuff that had nothing to do with you, right? Right. Or vice versa with me triggering you, because that's happened many times as well. You know, we've learned to, even in the relationships that we've had in the church and training and teaching, marriage retreats that we've gone on, we've gone on so many marriage retreats. They were all very different, but through the Catholic Church, through you know different denominations and stuff but mm-hmm. they've all been very I, I mean I would yeah. do I would do them all again I thought they right. were all amazing yep they were powerful and it helped us to stay in communication I think more than anything to go to those deep places of mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. and and I think the the thing that was amazing because we both we didn't want to split up our family and our children to experience that I, mean, I think that was something I didn't want because I came from that you know from my family. I would agree with that. I have, or at least I had, but I mean, I still have it, although our children are grown now. I had a very strong conviction that I did not want our children to be a product of a divorce. And I know that's happened to thousands and thousands of people, and I understand that, and and I don't judge that. I'm not in their shoes, and so I I don't know the circumstances, and I don't need to know the circumstances. Um, and that's also true for us. They're they're not in our shoes, and so they don't necessarily know what we are or did or have been going through um, in the past or even in the present. But anyhow, I I felt like it was very important not to have our children be a recipient of a divorce, and so that was uh, definitely a driving factor for me. Uh, back when there were times that maybe divorce became more attractive and appealing. Uh, You know, you would look at it and think, well, maybe this isn't so bad. I mean, after all, so many people have come through it. We can come through it, too. Um, But I always went back to the conviction that I I just didn't want our children to experience it. And so that was definitely um, a big factor for me. And 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 even saying that, because I I know some situations where we do have a family member i mean my family lots of divorce but i mean like as far as in our own with our children we have one who has experienced divorce too but we do not hold that as a it's their journey and this was part of our journey and i know in my heart my conviction because of what i experienced the pain even when i know my mom and dad even for years wanted them to get back together pain of that i didn't want to put that on my kids either but i think the the biggest 
thing was because of the relationship with Jesus, we wanted to be transformed. I wanted to be, I wanted to renew my mind and my belief systems. And I remember the first time that I thought, wow, I, I don't, you know, like just even the fact of growing up and hearing always put downs and negativity and just calling people names and all that kind of stuff. And, and then when the Lord showed me that that's not his heart and it's not what he wants life to be about or to experience. And also I remember even when we did Rosebuds, we used to tell the kids, no name calling. If you start naming calling and start calling names, mm-hmm. no problem. That's what you choose. We're going to take you back home and you're not going to be able to participate because we're just not going to do that to one another. Right. We're going to honor Every, you know, we're going to honor each other. And so that was a big shift. And when I started seeing the life that came out of that, not just for ourselves, but even for the children that we worked with in the inner city, man, it was just so powerful. Um, and then when we stopped, the when things would get stirred up, and we, recently we just had a, a pretty big stir up um, thing that happened. It, it was probably, what, 15 minutes or so, but I don't even know how long it was. Mm. Maybe I'm not even sure it was that long. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was. It was not very long, but it was intense. It was intense, but it was short. Yeah. So you want? Let's talk about that because I and I, I like to give. I, I like to really share. You know, like one of the things that used to really bother me, people would share stories, but they don't really share the story because it's just general generalities mm-hmm. instead of really what really happened, what was really going on, and so I'd like us to be that vulnerable. And maybe to help out uh, families out there or people out there who, you know, are listeners who are struggling in their own marriage or even with their children or whatever because stuff comes up. I mean, it always does. So how do, how do we process through it? Mm-hmm. And, and to deny that it doesn't happen is, which, you know, a lot of time when I was growing up is nobody knew really what was going on behind, you know, in our home. We go to church, big happy family. Everybody thought we were, but they didn't see what was going on, really going on, right? Right. So... Yeah. And I would go so far as to say that both of us, well, I'll say it this way, I don't think neither one of us really had really healthy role models. Right. You know, I mean, your family had different issues than mine, and all families have their um, warts, so to speak. But I would say as far as it being a a healthy, vibrant example, I think uh, both of our parents fell short in that area. Yes. One more thing that's just on my heart is I find that I'm a little reluctant to make a big deal that we're almost at our 40-year anniversary. I don't want it to come across as kind of like we're bragging mm-hmm. or that somehow we're superior and you know we made it and you didn't and, and that sort of thing because that's not my heart at all. Mm-hmm. So when someone asks, well, how long have you been married? I, I, you know, I'll tell them, but I, I don't want it to come across in a negative way, right. you know, and so I'm very sensitive to that, to the point where I'm even reluctant to say, you know, just wanted to get that out there. Okay, so you want to sort of dive into our our last yeah. argument? Yeah, and what was what was that? It and then how did we get to resolve it? Because that was kind of to me a big. Uh, okay, well I'll I'll just how start the enemy off. works to just to bring you know division and how you know God brought in. His truth and light, right? Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Okay. Okay. So uh, this this centered around our immediate family. Cindy had an idea she thought would help strength. Well, well, can, can I start then? If that's, if that's sure. How you can say. So Dan and I. So it was a. The reason I'm saying this because it was not my idea. That was a whole argument. Dan is we. So let. That's why I want to get it intense. So. Go ahead. We were. We just finished watching church, right? John Burke, mm-hmm. and, he, mm-hmm. he, and he was sharing about soul revolution. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So the 60-day challenge was the um, conversation that you and I are having about the soul revolution and how when you get challenged that way and you're like something about how we should do something different because we were talking about doing things differently on Sunday afternoons. I could make it more challenging, whatever. More impactful. More impactful mm-hmm. in our relationships on Sundays. Right. That's what we started talking about. Mm-hmm. And then I said, you know, well, I have the Soul Revolution book. We might have to get a couple. But then I said, maybe you and the guys could. So I did make that suggestion about you and the guys mm-hmm. could do that. So we talked a little bit about that. And you said, okay. And how many books you got? I went and got, I had one book. We were just talking about it. And there was no, never, did you mention anything about anything negative experience that you had with that soul revolution you did not share anything with me at that time that's that's correct right Mm -hmm. then we went to our sons right and we um, were playing cards yep and when we were done playing cards cindy prompted me to share that with them and so i did and then there was a part in the soul revolution where there's an app that you could install on your phone that uh, remind you every 60 minutes to just sort of stop what you're doing, take five or 10 seconds and just sort of, you know, think about what's going on, on at that moment in your life. And if the spirit is prompting you to, to do anything, just sort of being aware of God working in your life. And so I um, proceeded to explain that I had tried that and I ended up taking it off my phone because I found it to be too disruptive, especially in a work environment. And I actually found it annoying. I didn't recommend it. And I think that was... And the, and, and, and then I was looked at Dan, I'm like, what? You didn't even share any of that with me. You were going along with it. What the heck were you playing me or what? So I got very angry and upset. I mean, it, and y'all, it got intense. I even called him an ass. So I'll just tell you that, didn't I? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then not only that, but I was, I didn't know who he was. Like, are you serious? Like... And, and, and you have to know some of the background with Dan and I, too, is Dan was raised Catholic. Catholics, the, the, where he grew from, I mean, you can share that. I shouldn't share your story, but if you want to share, how often did you read the Bible? Did you, growing up, did you all, like, did you know the Bible, all that stuff? We, well, okay, so anyhow, I grew up when I was being taught, I guess, if you want to call it that, in, you know, middle school and elementary school we went to what was called catechism once a week Mm -hmm. and you got a workbook a soft cover workbook and you kind of went through it and then the following week you you know you'd sort of get a homework assignment and then the following week you would have a conversation with that with whoever was teaching the class in my case it was always uh the nuns were were the ones that did the teaching it was really pretty much part of the school because I remember on whatever day it was, we would get out of school early. A bus would take us from the school to the church. And then when the class was over, the same bus would pick us up and take us back to the school. And probably at least 90% of the kids in my class would would go. And there would be three or four kids that would stay behind and they, you know, they'd help the teacher do whatever. I always, I never really understood why they stood behind. We didn't talk about it. I mean, it's now obvious looking back that they were not of the Catholic faith. They may have been of another Christian faith or they may have not been Christian at all. Um, We just didn't talk about that sort of thing. As far as my home environment goes, we went to church on Sunday when I was a younger kid, um, but there was no conversation afterwards about what was being taught or what was being spoken. We may have had a Bible at our house, but nobody used it. Nobody looked at it. And I don't have any memories of conversations 
You told me the masses were always in Latin, too. Well, they were until the mid-60s. So, yeah, you're kind of getting into my age a bit here. But masses Well, we've were been married in... 40 years, babe. We already said okay. that. <laughs> so masses were in Latin until I was about, oh, I don't know, seven or eight years old. Um, the priest would have his back to you, and he'd be saying things in Latin. And it was very perplexing to me how anybody got anything out of it. And yet I saw... A room full of people going along with it and that just made no sense to me um, also some of it was in Italian I think that was specific to where we were going I suspect I don't really know for for a fact if that was true or not so anyhow my uh, understanding or the impact that I got going to church on Sunday was very very low it was just something you did I remember back then you would get dressed up and you'd wear a hat I would wear a hat. You'd take it off when you got there. You'd put it on when you left. And I never wore it any other time during the week. So that also made no sense to me. Um, <laughs> a lot of yeah. things were just like, why, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? And if I tried to ask my mom or dad, they would just say, ask the nun or something like that. So it was definitely a Sunday-only experience. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's how I was raised. Right. And I'll just pass on. When, we, uh, when I was in seventh grade, we moved to Florida for one year. The part of the state that we were in, at least, was not Catholic. And that was my for, sort of first experience at, people asked me what, I, what my religion was. It was sort of a put down. I was like, you're Catholic? Oh, oh my. And that sort of thing, which was really confusing to me it's like what 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 is this all about and so we only lived there for a year and then we went we moved back to new york and when we moved back to new york we were in a different town and at that point we did not really go back to church regularly we became holiday christians you know christmas new year's mother's day easter things like that that was pretty much it so that was my experience yeah, so what, the reason why, I, I mean, kind of sharing that too, it's been a, a hard road for you to, even when you would try to read the Bible or read the Word, it would be very difficult for you. Well, it, it still is, and there's a yeah. couple of reasons for that. One is I was taught that it is a difficult book to understand, and you really should leave it to the professionals, meaning the nuns and the priests that they're the ones that are qualified, that's their calling in life, and uh, they're better at interpreting that than you interpreting it because you could have some wild, crazy interpretation which would be, you know, nonsensical. So don't, don't read the Bible. Just go to church every Sunday and listen to the message, and that's how you learn about the Bible. So that was one thing that I was taught. Do you still believe that today? No, not at all. Okay. But that, I certainly clear. taught that. Yeah. The second thing uh, that I was not raised, you know, my parents didn't read to me and that sort of thing. So reading is not something that I enjoy doing. And that's true to this day. Cindy, on the other hand, is an avid reader. I mean, she goes through, I don't know, hundreds of books. <laughs> I know, I've read a lot. And during that time, I've probably maybe gone through one. So, But I didn't used to be. No. I mean, growing I, up, I didn't have the reading so, either. So that's still, you know, that's still a struggle for me um, as far as enjoying it. it to me it's more of a not exactly a chore but it's it's a challenge to keep my mind focused on what i'm reading for more than just a few minutes so that's number two and number three when i was in high school i was taught how to speed read and i was told that when you go to college you're going to be reading so much you better learn to speed read or you're not going to make it 
So I took a class on speed reading and I learned how to do it and that became very natural for me. And uh, speed reading the Bible doesn't really work. You know, no. <laughs> you, really have, you really have to slow down and, and understand what's being said and there's a lot of there's a lot of metaphors and there's a lot of language that, you know, you have to sort of just let the Spirit talk to you about it. And so really to read the Bible, and at least in my opinion, is you have to read it slowly. And that is very difficult for me to do because I've been taught how to speed read and I still, to this day, that's my nature. If I was just going to sit down and read something, I would speed read it. I would have to intentionally slow myself down to be able to read it any differently. So. All those things together make it hard for me to read, uh, to read the Bible. The first time I read it from cover to cover, I don't know, probably ten years ago. It took me over a year to get through it. You know, I'd I try to follow this routine where you read so many pages from the new and the old, and just all these different techniques. But ultimately, I could read two or three pages, and then if Cindy would ask me something about it, I would have no idea. I'd be, I don't, I don't know, and it's like. Well, what do you mean? Didn't you just read it? Well, yeah, but I, I don't, I don't remember that. So, so yeah, so that's that. Well, we are going to pause right now and catch up next week with Dan. And I'm so grateful for you listening. If you would like to contact me, please do so at belovedunveiled at protonmail dot com. Belovedunveiled at protonmail dot com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>